So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag. And thanks, as always, to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge Service and Intrepid Security. Now, my guest this week is a long-term friend of the show in Sarah Cork. Sarah is Chief Growth Officer at Citigroup. Now, it's very, very difficult to do an intro to Sarah because she has done so much. But with over 25 years business experience, predominantly uh, retail, logistics and corporate markets, uh, within the security industry, she has an absolute wealth of experience in global leadership, strategy, solutionism, and partnerships. Her role at Citigroup has been created to further enhance that business in its people, brand, marketing, corporate, social responsibility, equality, diversity, and adding value to the community. My goodness be, this is a person that likes a big remit. Now, Citigroup offers security professionals across an array of sectors. There's a canine division, control room that monitors clients' CCTV and loan workers, alarm response, people welfare, risk analytics, mitigation, and is built on a very, very solid foundation. Sarah also does a huge amount for the community with her charity work as well, and I'm going to get her to run through that in a moment. But for the moment, Sarah, welcome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. So it's I, I say this to... Uh, to one or two guests and I, and I do look people up and obviously you and I have known each other for a while but um, your your introduction could have been three pages and that was just the summary version I mean the 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 charity work the stuff you do in the community is just you know relentless is a word that springs to mind because you're so active then you've got all of your um, corporate uh, activities and responsibilities and then when I was reading through the role that you've got at Citigroup, that to me reads like a whole division, let alone um, just uh, just one person's remit. So um, I'm guessing you like to be busy. Absolutely. And you know, I've been very fortunate in my career and been presented with opportunities along the way. And, you know, I come with a strong foundation from the background as in the retail, logistics, warehousing, transport, call centres, corporate, and probably merchant environments. And again, that's a different security service across all of those different sectors, and um, but overarching with you know where we're going forwards. And 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 this career, I mean, we, yeah, we've spoken before, but you know, it's sort of you've you've done a huge amount within retail, some within the security industry, but I always get this sense uh, sensation that you've sort of chosen your path. You you know, you've spoken very openly about this is what I might want next, or this is where I'm prepared to go, turn these people down. It's, it's, does that how it feels from your side? Do you, do you feel like you're in control? Absolutely. So there has been very much a carved out career pathway um, to success, really, because I, I probably started looking at the parcel journey. And actually, if I start with, you know, my sort of logistics background, moving to retail, moving to carrier, it's is all purposely to pull that, that parcel journey right the way through from end to end and really understand what the customer needs were. By getting that foundation, it's allowed me to come probably coach or come gamekeeper now and come the other side of the fence and actually really understand what the customer needs and requirements are and be able to support that through Citigroup. Yeah, and so many people make that jump from the retail side to the vendor side and then without being too unkind, they sort of rather disappear off the radar you know people have a shelf life and and then they're no longer the the new shiny person but you know you just seem to go from from strength to strength and here you are at Citigroup so come on tell me about your role there but also 
you know, about the business. It's a name many of us know, but we might not know everything about the organization. So so give me give me the, the rundown on Citigroup and then, you know, what it is you're there to do. So Citigroup's made up of three businesses. So it's Citigroup Security, the K9 division, and also Citigroup Cleaning. And the recent merger into Citigroup has come from Sight and Sound, GRA, K9, and the City Security Services. So it's actually a really nice start to the journey for us because we've just merged into the Citigroup. And therefore, this is all about creation, our strategic uh, proposals, looking at our CSR, looking at our EDI, our customer value proposition, which really excites me. Um, and it's about being a brand ambassador out in the, the wider world to actually look at what the customer needs are, stay abreast of what the journey is for the customer, but also be able to make sure that we can bring that back into the business and actually deliver that. And, um, you know, it's all about the heart of the business, the vision, the values and the mission, and making sure that we market ourselves professionally and to our customer base as well, so they really understand the benefit of Citigroup. But, um, you know, I notice on your sort of list of roles, you've got, you know, the diversity and inclusion piece as well, which you know, clearly, as well as being the right thing to do, makes makes business sense. Is there a, you know, a sort of real desire to embrace that within Citigroup, uh, you know, a, a sort of best foot forward? Absolutely. So it's safe to say that Citigroup is probably the first business that has three female board leaders and two male leaders. And I'm absolutely delighted to be able to join Citigroup and, and add to that board. It gives us that diversity and inclusion. And if you look at research of companies that do diversity and inclusion really, really well, so the McKenzie report shows there's 19% revenue growth and that falls through to the bottom line. So there's definitely business benefits, but also diversity and inclusion is just the right thing to do. And I, you know, I've been really keen to stay on that journey. There's a number of things I do for the City Security Council where I chair the EDI group for that. And actually the benefits are endless if you get it right. So I'm delighted to be at Citigroup and be able to take that piece of work forward as well. Yeah, and as well as that report, I think a while ago, was it Goldman Sachs from an investment point of view? Uh, I think they sort of said, we are no longer investing in uh, companies with all male boards. And that's not because uh, uh, they're nice people, it's because they make less money. Uh, and so, you know, if you just purely at the, the commercials, a more diverse board, male, female, more balanced decision-making process, more profitable business, better staff retention. Why wouldn't you? So, uh, yeah, interesting the mix that you've got there. So uh, you're right, that that has to be uh, probably breaking the mould and, uh, and one of the norms. So let's see what the growth continues to be like at Citigroup with that profile. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other part of my role is, you know, to really collaborate with the wider um, industry to understand what is out there as a you know, as a security offering, but also then map that back into what our customers are looking for and then measure and provide that through strategic proposals and the growth strategy. So, look, you know, you and I spoke uh, uh, when it wasn't recorded, um, you know, before you joined Citigroup, and I'm aware you had a number of offers and, uh, and, and people were trying to recruit you, but why Citigroup? What, what specifically appealed about that organisation and, and why uh, have you ended up there? I think it's a number of things, Paul. Um, to start with, the job itself um, was nearly created. And I've created the work with Simon Giles, who's the CEO of Citigroup. And we just have a really great relationship as a business ethic and work. And um, we're we'll bounce off each other. But if I look at the broader view, there's a very clear vision here of where we want to go. It's people focused with a P2P plan. 
it's um, it's going to grow at a steady pace. You know, we don't want to be uh, a large organisation tomorrow. We want to grow very steady and make sure that we're right for our customer needs. And um, this business really understands its customer requirements, and it's about taking that base and then actually looking at the organic growth that we can take across Citigroup. But you know, I have absolute confidence in Simon Giles and the team that we're going to go forward, and it's going to be a really nice business to work for. So you sit there, you've been there a few weeks now. So one assumes you've just about figured your way around the office and yeah, you know most of the names of people that you see. What is the plan for the next 12 to 18 months? I know you said steady growth, sustainable, but come on, give me some, you know, is it is retail all the focus? Is there other sectors that you've got to look at? Is it profile? Because, you know, you are a leader that can create profile and leadership in the industry. But you know, run, run me down your top three tasks. Well, so it's a really exciting time here because we're right at the start of the, uh, the businesses merging together and has created Citigroup in the future, uh, which gives us massive opportunity. Some of the press releases will be out in the next couple of weeks reference Citigroup and the board and how we're moving forward. But people are at the heart of what we do here and our engagement with our employees and clients is absolutely key to our success moving forward. We have a great opportunity for the organic growth. And as I've mentioned, we're really keen on the diversity and inclusion flowing through right to frontline officers. And actually the strategy to look at how do we recruit more females within to city group is actually on our agenda to move forwards. And, and then it's to grow our coverage across the different sectors and the geographical areas. So predominantly we're in London and we do have reach across uh, the UK. But it's about looking at those sectors and those customers that we really want to partner with. And we're not in any rush to go out there and do that tomorrow. We want to make sure this growth is really at a nice pace. So, so you know, what does the, you know, what does the re- so here I am as a as a retailer. I'm sat in my head office. I've got a raft of stores and who knows what else in central London. What what's your offering? What why why should I speak to Sarah? Other than the fact that I know you, I like you, but you know. What, what's what's the offering looking like? Um, I think well, it's safe to say that we are in a conversation already with lots of retailers and distribution, and it's understanding what that offering looks like for retail today, as we know that we've moved from, you know, through the COVID times of where we went to real online presence, and we are seeing retail recover, albeit that can look very different on the high street. I mean, you've seen a number of retailers reporting strong growth recently um, through their online presence, and I think we've seen a change of retailer and um, which will, I think will be really, really interesting times. I think for Citigroup, it's about writing our strategy to support each customer. I don't think any one size fits all now with retail. I think that's very, very cheap. That's changed a lot. Um, and I do think there will be a hybrid with the logistics piece um, in that. But, you know, the retail presence has changed on the high street. And I think high streets have changed and I think customers have changed. So I think it's going to be a really interesting time in the next five to ten years. Why come to Citigroup? Because we understand your needs. We really want to work with you and partner with companies that have the same vision, values, and um, as what we do at Citigroup. And that's about putting people first. It's about making sure that our people are in a safe and secure environment. And that's probably what's on the tip of every single retailer's tongue as well, to make sure it's a safe shopping environment for, for customers. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned there sort of um, bespoke one. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that long ago, was it, where you could just have, you know, here's the brochure, here's the offering, and people would go, yes, okay, I'll have that, or no, I won't. But it, it, yeah, everybody wants 
a variation that's that's appropriate to them. So you know, it's not just a case of selling this and then over and over again. It really has got to that um, that sort of partnership approach, hasn't it? Opposed to just to sort of uh, here's a product, would you like it? Yeah, I, I, that's changed because the retail crime that we're currently seeing. Yeah. So crime's changed. It's the moment in time we've seen more violence in the retail environment. But again, it's how do we partner with those customers to actually work on that strategy together to say, how do we partner and make sure that we're looking after their employees, their customers, and also so our employees. So I think retail's changed um, massively in the last 10 years. And I think the next 10 years to come, I think we'll see massive changes as well. I think technology will underpin a lot of what we do now in retail as well. And it'll be more about behaviour um, management and looking at shopping behaviour and how we manage that risk. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. 3X Logic. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you, and I know you're quite modest on this, but you do an awful lot uh, in the wider community from a, from a charity and volunteer perspective and some really, uh, you know, really great initiatives. So come on, I want you to, to don't hold back. Give me a run through of, of what you're doing at the minute and some of the uh, the programs that you're involved in. So security council is a council that's made of predominantly probably the 39 companies that bring Sparm out of London. However, we're going to take that to a further reach now. And I think we've onboarded with the four members this week. That is about looking at how we work together in collaboration and look at what the wider security offering is going to be. And but also to start to table some of the issues and challenges and work through together as, as businesses which is a phenomenal place to be. I chair the MDI board um, for the City Security Council and we've been running a um, project currently where we're trying to change the perception of security. So when people think of security, they have their own view in mind of what that looks like. Well, I think we've, we've now video just up 300 people across um, the 39 security businesses and they come out on the City Security Council LinkedIn page every single day. And it's actually phenomenal to hear from our frontline people and actually the people that should be put on the pedestal and given the red carpet because they do the job day to day. So that's the work with the Security Council. And um, I've just become a trustee for the Consortium for Prevention of Suicide, which is really, really close to my heart. And I've just come from a meeting there this morning um, where we've just had our first trustee board meeting. That's now going to be chaired by Ian Dyson. Um, Vicky Fiddler has done an absolutely phenomenal job in getting it to where it's got to today. And she's handed over the reins today to Dyson. So very exciting things to come from there. You know, the more that we can prevent suicide, um, you know, one life lost is a life, a life far too many. And um, so we can really champion that moving forward. But that would be really, really good. So I'm always super impressed. You know, there's, uh, there's some genuine, you know, work and progress going on on that front. You know, all of the, uh, the corporate stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, it's all super impressive. Now, you are incredibly well connected and been involved in retail for a very long time if we look at you know the high street and, and what's going on in, in retail it's had a you know time and time again we've heard a tough time is this a blip do you think are things going to get better or is this the new norm in terms of what we're dealing with and it's just a case of retailers now adapting and reacting what, what's your take on what we're seeing out on the uh, on the high street so uh, i don't think 
where I think we've got better at reporting. So I think we're yeah. seeing more incidents uh, reported, which is really, really good because I think you know we've always wanted that data. And by collaborating across retailers and, and gardening companies, it's given us the opportunity to pull that data together and see how large the problem is. That's allowing us to react to that data and look at how we're going to manage this moving forward. And, and as I just said earlier, you know, that I think a lot of technology will underpin this. And I don't just mean technology through physical, I also mean about how we report, having that handheld, having that incident management piece that's, you know, it's live, it's active, it's there, and communicating with the retailer down the road. I think we've got a lot better at collaboration than we ever have. And I think we'll, we'll, that will start to pave um, the way for us for the future. Yeah, interesting. You know, you're quite right. The whole reporting piece for many, many years you know, there was just no reporting, was there at all? Or, you know, nobody collected the data. And I see some some retailers are now publishing the number of incidents and crimes and thefts in their stores. And they're phenomenal. They're hundreds of thousands. You know, one of them's, you know, heading up towards seven figures across their estate. I mean, you know, it doesn't bear thinking about what law enforcement would do if they started to report all of those. I think the figure is, is absolutely astronomical and yeah let's hope those figures start to report and you know do you think we're going to see a, a shift in policing priorities and political priorities are we are we going to get that far very interesting question so i met with patrick hardware last week and we were talking about that exact piece but i think there's an opportunity here for security to become a, you know a standard offering within a retail environment but also i think there's there's a real big piece coming that's about training and it's about awareness and it's about behavioural analysis and actually depending that, that security personnel across the piece with as much training as they can to be able to allow them to be able to deal with the different situations. I think some of the things that have changed for them is you know, people's mental health. People seem to be more impatient now uh, since we've come back from COVID and it's about now starting to manage those challenges that are coming through as well as the increased crime. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? The more and more data comes out of the, you know, the impact on people's mental health and the knock-on to their behaviour that that lockdown caused. You know, I think that one's got decades to run before we fully understand the implications of that. But you know, a lot of it's quite scary stuff that's coming out and and how that's affected society for sure. We have met who've just said they're not going to respond to any mental health incidents. You know, what does that mean for the security professional that's, you know, that, that's dealing with that person, individual? You know, where is that next layer? Um, and I'm not for one second saying we've got that carved out as the security industry as yet. I think we've really got some work to do to say what is the wraparound support that we can offer to somebody with mental health? Um, because ultimately, you're going to keep on seeing them throughout the day unless somebody can, you know, absolutely support um, what their issues are as well. Yeah, I think society needs to figure out what uh, what support looks like and what treatment looks like, because it's one thing, that frontline interaction, but where does it go from then? I don't think we have a solution at all, do we? No, I think, you know, you can move that into to homeless as well. We're starting probably to see more homeless people in the streets. I mean, I think there's a quote that says, you know, three pay packets away from being homeless. But actually, across the living crisis now, what does this really look like for us? We're starting to see families, uh, you know, become homeless. Those are the stories that I'm starting to hear. And actually, what support do we offer there? Because predominantly, that's you know, security professional coming into work, 
and may never do more homeless around the, the retail environment or just in the corporate environment. You know, it's very evident on the streets now. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, a long uh, conversation, a lot to figure out, but uh, it's always so if reassuring is the right word to hear people like yourselves involved in the discussions, bringing it to the fore, not letting people get away with uh, with the easy answers. Um, Sarah, it's always an absolute pleasure uh, to catch up with you. Uh, I wish you every success, not that you need any luck in the role at all. Uh, you will be brilliant as always, and uh, I'm sure Citigroup's profile will go from strength to strength. Um, but do enjoy it. I look forward to catching up with you in person in the near future. But for now, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to join me. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate it.